What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Walker. I can't talk today. Welcome to Rock Rage Radio and the dark side of music here on Rock Rage Radio and everywhere podcasts are found. It is a Wednesday edition, hump day edition. You know, I know hump day is called hump day because it's the middle of the week, but I wonder if statistically more people fuck on this day than any other day of the week just because it's hump day. Whenever there's like a study that says, you know, the most common days of the week that I have sex on. That's interesting. I'm going to have to do a little research on that. Just because I have nothing fucking better to do. That's not true. I get to talk to you guys. <laughs> in life and in music, there is always a dark side. Whether the truth is something you don't want to tell or something somebody doesn't want to hear. These are those stories. The Black Rose Media proudly presents the dark side of music. And welcome everybody to the dark side of music. I am the great and powerful king of kings, emperor of all that is awesome. Derek, how the hell are you doing today on this beautiful February 9th of the year that is 2020 part two? Woo! I'm tired. It's early. Well, early for me. Um, How's y'all's week going on? Hope y'all been doing well. It's been going well on my end, too. Things are moving nicely along, and got some great things lined up for you guys. Um, lots and lots of cool stuff coming um, to be revealed, but there's a lot of cool stuff in the works that I'm really excited for. So let's just say that. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, cool stuff. Cool, 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 cool stuff. So, today, 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 I have a band out of South Dakota um, by the name of Blonde Viper. They have a new album dropping on Friday, this Friday, the 11th of February, called Crash. So, you want to hear some music? Hear some music from a band called Blonde Viper? I thought you would. So, let's go ahead and open this show up with the title track of the album, Here is Crash by Blonde Viper off this album that will be released on Friday, February 11th.
And that was Crash by the band Blonde Viper off their album Crash. That will be released Friday, February 11th. Let's go ahead and bring on one of the men behind the band, Mr. Todd. There. (laughs) Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. Real good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so how's life in there, good old South Dakota? Well, you know, we everybody in South Dakota spends all their time looking at Mount Rushmore because there's really nothing else to do. <laughs> that sounds about right. I mean, and, and making music in our case. Yeah, or watching Fargo, and you know, just reminding yourself of you know all the stuff that goes on around you. Yeah, well, that's North. Dakota. I know it is, but that's the closest thing that you have. You know, that's other than North Dakota is your mortal enemy. Yeah, I think so. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, so you guys have a mortal enemy that that works. <laughs> I'm from Ohio. We have a mortal enemy too in Michigan, so I understand that. Right, right, right. Fuck Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, they can just go be part of Canada. And I'm sure you feel the same way about North Dakota. Right. Well, I thought they were. So anyway. <laughs> them and, uh, you know, Wisconsin and, you know, all them places. Just, you know, just go to, go to Canada. Yeah. Fuck them. So, um, you guys got the new album coming out this coming Friday. Um, how are you guys feeling about it so far? Well, good. Um, a lot of pre-orders. Um, we've got some good press on it. So, yeah, we're, we're happy, um, even though we're busy working on the next one. But, yeah, it's, it's all cool. Yeah, because I see that you released um, the single, the first single off of it, the, um, the title track, back in September. So it's been building up for five months now. So it right. seems like everything's been going well that way. Yeah, uh, and there's a video for the title track, too, out there somewhere. So. Somewhere. Yeah. YouTube. On the uh, interwebs. Somewhere. On the interwebs. I think it's called Used to Be. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the things I enjoy about you guys is the fact that you did not let 80s metal die. You know, um, that's been one of the most. Let's see here, how I put this lightly. It was one of the most adored genres back in the day. You know, the whole hair metal, 80s metal style um, was adored at the time. But then it got crushed with the, you know, the invention of grunge and all this other stuff that kind of happened in the 90s. And then it kind of made a resurgence. Um... Because it was, for a long time, it was just ridiculed. Um, It was just looked down upon as glam metal it got changed to eventually. But now, it's kind of been coming back in a way that, um, the same way punk is, and other, you know, styles of rock that kind of went the way of the dodo. Um, How do you guys, you know, feel about what your guys are doing and, you know, keeping that, you know, alive? Well, you know, I agree. I mean, in my opinion, it wasn't the music that people got sick of. I think the music from the 80s is, is solid. I think people people look back at some of these bands and said, boy, they look stupid. <laughs> and, and some of them did. They look ridiculous, you know, with, with the glam look. But, uh, you know, as time goes on, people realize, well, you know, the, the music's solid. I, I, uh, I like the music. And it's, you know, it's something that we've, you know that we did you know i i I was in bands in the 80s too and i looked as dumb as all of them but uh, i guess you kind of grow up your look a little bit and uh and yeah we want to you know you've got to you've got to play what you what you know and that's the kind of music that that we know and that that we do so yeah i mean um when we make a noise that's that's the sound that comes out so yeah, I agree with you on the look because, you know, the long hair, and the leather pants, you know, definitely got old um, and just the attitude behind it as well. But at the same time, 80s glam metal, hair metal, whatever you want to call it, um, 
was the pop genre of today. They, you know, wanted to get the most airplay and radio play, so they found the most, you know, radio-friendly songs, or they told them to write the most radio-friendly songs, and then it just got overplayed like crazy. I mean, Cherry Pie is probably one of the most overplayed songs of all of all time, and I'm sure if I ever talked to a member of Warrant, they would say that if they could never play that song again, they probably would. Um, even though they loved it and it made them who they are, they just probably got sick of it, which I'm pretty sure a lot of that can be said about a lot of different songs. I mean, especially like Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard and all this other crap. Um, but when you take those songs out of it, um, and you look at some of the deep tracks and some of the deep cuts of these albums that were released then and took all these poppy, you know, rock songs out of it, they were some of the, the greatest songs ever. I mean, just absolutely fantastic stuff. So I see what you're talking about. Yeah, it's funny you say that about Warren. I've talked to Warren, and they pretty much said that exact same thing about the song. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. You know, and it's it's like, oh, gee, you know, corporate corporate America got involved and they ruined it. Gee, that's that's never happened before, has it? <laughs> no, it's definitely it's still not happening today. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it just, and I think that's what, what the death of it eventually was was the fact that they corporatized it and you know wanted to get as much you know, friendly airplay as they possibly could, something that people could dance to and just hear on repeat and be like, oh, it's my jam. Um, and then on top of that, the the sex, drugs, and, you know, rock and roll attitude and just the, the shit that you can just look on some of these guys' faces today and just be like, yeah, you've lived. You know, you know, poor Vince Neil, <laughs> that guy. Um, God. <sighs> I don't think I think that guy still lives in the '80s. I think he ate the '80s, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, did I? Oops. Um, but no, uh, it's I mean it's stuff that I grew up on. Um, you know, you know, back when I was like just a kid, kid. You know, um, I remember hearing it all the time and. When it went away, I didn't miss it, to be honest with you. Because, um, you know, I was a teenager when, you know, grunge really started making its way, um, starting getting headway and stuff like that in the mid-90s, um, mid to early 90s. And uh, then with metal, you know, with like Pantera and all this other stuff, I was like, you know, if Pantera can change, because Pantera started out as a hair metal band, why couldn't these other b bands change? And I was all about it but then in the early 2000s these bands started to you know have resurgence tours and i remember i was a bartender at a hotel in orlando at the time and there was a tour with uh Dokken, poison and somebody else and uh, I was like, wow, they're on tour together? What the hell is going on here? And um, Dawkins came into my bar and, you know, in the hotel bar and uh, just drank all night long. And at, it was a Sunday night, to be honest with you. Um, and I'll never forget this. <laughs> the bar was supposed to close at midnight. They had just come in there at 11. And they came to me, the tour manager came to me and goes, hey, if I give you $500 in cash tip right now, Will you keep the bar open until two? And I was like, fuck yeah, I will. <laughs> and I was like, and Don Dockin had quit drinking, but he was just there enjoying the night. But I, I just remember it was just being one of the craziest experiences of my life because then Poison ended up coming in as well. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And, um, but then after that, I remember just it kind of, you know, taking, you know, you know, Motley Crue doing their thing and, you know, Def Leppard doing their thing and all this other stuff. And like, they're like, we're not going to let this shit die. And I really enjoyed that because it made me miss it and, it, you know, got me back into it again. And now hearing bands that I've talked to over the last two years that are now doing it and still and or, you know, starting out new bands. And I've seen kids in their 20s, you know, 
starting bands that sound like stuff from the 80s. I'm like, damn, okay, here we go. This is where it needs to be, and I love that shit. It's fucking awesome. So, what is the plan going forward with Blonde Viper for this year with this album? Well, we're, uh, the main thing, like I said, we, we started another album probably in November, and we're working hard on that. We're going to go back into the studio here in March um, for that. Um, we've got, well, I'll let you in on a secret. So the first album's called Crash. The next one's going to be called Boom, and the last one will be called Bang. We want to do a trilogy, Crash, Boom, Bang. And uh, <laughs> we'll see how nice. that works out. Um, and, uh, you know, right now recording's fun. Um, everybody in the band has been, uh, you know, a touring musician for many, many, many years. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to record. It's fun to do your own thing. Um, I, uh, you, know, you know, God bless the bands that, you know, that keep this music alive in bars and stuff. But, uh, but we want to do our own thing, you know, um, and, and keep going with the original stuff. And, uh, you know, like you said, you know, hopefully it's making kind of a resurgence and we want to be part of that. So, um, no, we're not going to turn down, uh, you know, any kind of playing live thing or anything like that. But uh, that's really what we're concentrating on right now is uh, is getting the next album recorded. So. So why is playing live not your focus? I'm not going to say it's not our focus again. It, you know, if the opportunity knocks, we're going to we're going to take it. Um and yeah, and and yeah, we're not going a traditional route of recording an album and then getting out there and playing, and uh, and things like that. Uh, a lot of that has to do with where we're at. Um, people in South Dakota, um, in this in this region, you know, it's there's really no bigger clubs to play at. Honestly, you know, concert-wise, it's all smaller bars. And uh, um, like I said, uh, we don't we don't want to play Welcome to the Jungle. We want to play our stuff. So. <laughs> Um, so when you're done with all three of these, what's the plan? Uh, make a movie, <laughs> which, which, which you know, I've done, but anyway, yeah. Um, we, we, we don't, I don't, who knows, you know? Well, the reason why I ask is because you said, you know, you know, in South Dakota where you're at, you know, there's not a lot of clubs and stuff like that. And, you know, um, especially where they want to hear your music, they want to hear, you know, the, the old stuff, the classics. Um, so getting out and, you know, heading out somewhere else or, you know, planning a little mini tour or stuff like that, you know, there's a huge market for this and for you guys, um, you know, getting out there and, you know, playing the stuff with other bands that are like you, because there's tons of them out there. Um, because I feel like, you know, you guys could definitely do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Again, we're, we're, you know, we're not saying no to any of that. Um, uh, we just haven't really dug into it enough right now to give you an answer saying we're going to, we're going to play here and there. We're going to tour here and there. We, we haven't gotten that far yet. Um, we, uh, you know, we recorded this album, I, we shopped it around to some labels. We had we had three offers on the table, but honestly, I didn't like the offers, so I said, "Let we're just going to do this one ourselves and uh, and see how this one works out." Or you know, just doing it our own. Um, you know, I was in honestly, I was in television for I, I was in bands for years. I took a break, did television for like 15 years, got out of television because the people that run TV and things like that are a bunch of snakes. So I thought, oh, I'll get back into music because everybody in music is totally honest and cool. Yeah, right. They're <laughs> so, not snakes at all. Oh, no. So, you know, we're, we're doing that. We're, you know, we're doing the, the movie or the, the music thing right now. And like I said, the, the deals that we got, we didn't like. You know, we decided we'll do it ourselves. I, I did the TV thing myself. Um, and that went quite well. So, yeah, we're going to try to market it and do it ourselves. And, you know, if a, if, a, if a label wants to give us a decent offer for the next album, great, we'll take it. And then, you know, things can go from there. So uh, we're really, we're really, you know, you hear the old expression, you know, taking it a day at a time. That's what we're doing. We're just having fun. We want to be ourselves. We want to do our thing. And, uh, and again, if the opportunity ever came up or, you know, we want to think about playing live, do, doing tour, you know, we'll do it. So. Fantastic. All right. So you just mentioned a few things that I definitely want to dive deeper into um, because lots of bands and musicians listen to this show and 
you know, it's called the dark side of music for a reason. So we're going to dive into a lot of everything you just said um, when we come back. We're going to go ahead and play another song off the album. Um, this one's called Blow Me Away. So we're going to go ahead and play that. And uh, we will be right back with more conversation with Todd. So here is Blow Me Away by the band Blonde Viper off their new album, Crash, which will be out this coming Friday, February 11th. That was Blow Me Away by the band Blonde Viper off their album Crash, which will be out this Friday, February 11th. Let's bring Todd back to have some more conversation. You know, you asked, you know, about our genre, about playing the classic hard rock. You, you've heard me sing. What else the, what else the hell could I sing besides classic hard <laughs> <laughs> You know? I mean, hey, you know, just figure, you know, retune the, the vocal cords a little bit and you got some, you can get some good screams out of that too, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we went to the, the next song there, um, you were talking about how you got some offers on the table and you rejected them. 
um, because you didn't think they were good enough or you didn't like them. So I want to dive into that a little bit, and then I want to talk about the TV thing as well. But the the process of getting signed and the getting the likes offer that you like and so on and so forth is one of those things that are common mistakes in the music business. You know, especially a band that's up and coming, whatever, gets that first offer. They're like, holy shit, we got an offer. Let's take it. What made you, A, not take those offers? And B, what kind of things should people look for in offers before they take them? Well, like of the three offers, one one was just terrible. And it was, it was obviously a scam. I mean, it was a, an Italian label and they wanted us to pay them 2,000 euro to sign. It's like, what? You know, that isn't how it works. Um, you know, back in the TV day, you know, when we first started out, we had to pay for our time on the air. You know, that's fine. And I, and I did that. And, and then we got an offer from a, from a network. And I thought, wow, they're paying us. That's, that's a way better deal. And I said, I'm never paying to do what I want to do again. And I stuck to it. And yeah, I'm not going to pay for a label to sign. So that's, that's, that's such a red flag. If, if bands out there, if any label wants you to pay they don't believe in you. They just believe in your checkbook and who knows what you're going to get out of them once they get your money. So, you know, no way, no way would we do that. So um, the reason we wanted to be signed with the label was, was mainly for their, their promotion, um, you know, their, their resources, um, you know, with, with people like you, um, you know, they have more connections and stuff. And again, if I didn't thank you yet, but I'll thank you right now for having us on. But, uh, you know, it's things like that, um, you know, look, look for that, look for a, for a label that's got a strong presence on social media and places like that. And some of them, honestly, I didn't think did. So, so the other two offers, um, what were the negatives of those? Well, one, one was their roster. Um, it was it was really a lot of death metal and, and some strange stuff that I didn't think we'd really fit in well with there. And uh, and that was that. One. What was the third one? I'm trying to think. Um, anyway, the third one is kind of a I think was kind of a combination of the two things we said before. Um, they wanted uh, they wanted us to pay for the manufacture of the discs. Which you know that that's not that big a deal with the price they wanted for us to manufacture the disc. It's like, are you kidding? We can do it way cheaper ourselves. And and again, it just any kind of red flag that came up, I just thought, now nah, let's 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 do it ourselves at least the first time. So, and uh, we'll see what happens then. Because then we can come back with a label next time and say, hey, you know, we sold X amount. We did this. We did. You know, we've got some numbers behind what we did with our first album that we did ourselves. Then maybe we can get a more attractive offer. But uh, but we're having fun. We're having fun doing it ourselves. I, you know, I, uh, I'm glad we, I'm glad we went this way. Yeah, because again, like I said, and you know, mistakes are made all the time, especially, you know, with going, what's going on today, you know, because now, uh, you know, they're just signing bands left and right. You know, to try to fill up their roster, to try to, you know, do whatever they can. And bands are just signing on and not realizing what they're getting themselves into. Um, yeah. If that's the case, I mean, you know, the thing about it is do your research. Um, because that is one of the, you know, other than the mental health and, you know, the addictions and all this other stuff that comes along with music sometimes. Sometimes um, one of the other biggest things is you know, that corporate greed or, you know, just them wanting to take over everything, you know, you've got to make sure that you maintain your integrity as a band. Just because somebody wants to sign you doesn't mean that they want you. They just might want your music. And that's never a good thing. So, you know, double checking everything and, you know, going over everything with a fine tooth comb and making sure that it fits your narrative is something that's definitely important. You, you cannot put your your passions to the side. If they come in and say, okay, hey, we want you to write these three songs because we want you to get air, you know, airplay, okay, great. But if the rest of the album sounds nothing like that, you're deceiving the fans. And I think a lot of bands have realized that. Um, 
it needs to flow. It needs to, you know, the albums need to, like, you know, have that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it needs to be consistently good. And if you just have, a, if you have three songs on there or two songs on there that are specifically written for the radio, just to get you airplay, your fans are going to know that. And they don't want to hear that. If, um, and that's, and that's the truth. No, you're right. And we, we kind of go the opposite way too, because, um, there's a lot of songs in the album. I mean, they all sound like Blonde Viper because I'm singing them. Uh, except for Terry, Terry Lorenz, she sings, she's the female singing all those beautiful harmonies and stuff. She sings some of the lead too, or, or some duets with me. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they all sound the same, but we have, we have, we have kind of have a funk song. We have kind of a funny country type song, uh, you know? So yeah, we, we, we want to do different things. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want a label to tell me, okay, you know, we only want songs like, like what you just heard blow me away. So the whole album sounds like ACDC, you know, we, we want to be diverse in our music too. And I think people appreciate that because then, you know, we really are being ourselves. Exactly. Um, Cause there's a lot of bands out there right now that have on an album, you know, three or four or five or six different styles of metal or rock on one album, just because that's who they are. But again, their fans know that, you know, if you can go through 12 different songs and get 12 different styles of metal, you know, you get a little bit of gent, a little bit of, you know, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's what your fans have come to expect. But it's when, you know, you write those songs that the label wants you to write or, you know, this or that. That's when your fans really, really know. You've got to, again, you've got to maintain that integrity. So, you know, doing what you do. You know, having, you know, being a little bit eclectic with the styles of each song. If that's what your fans want, that's what your fans are going to get. And that's what the main, you know, the main, you need to maintain your integrity that way. Um, But the whole idea of, hey, write this just for the sake of getting airplay is, is is a thing that unfortunately still happens today. And it's so sad that that still happens. It really is. Yeah, that's right. And, and the other thing too is, you know, an indie band like us, there, there's there's a lot of ways to release your music nowadays. I mean, there's you know, you're not just selling CDs to your friends anymore. You know, we uh, you can you can get a worldwide reach in no time because because of that interweb thing we talked about. Yeah, you know the the whole idea now that you have to be signed is is kind of a is kind of a joke. You don't have to be. Now, granted, like you said before, having those PR connections, having these connections, having this connection is definitely, you know, the way to go. Um, But there's also a lot of other ways to get those types of connections, you know, and if you're able to find that without having to, you know, sacrifice, you know, sign your way, your name to the devil, then then do it. Um, There's tons of ways out there. I mean. Facebook and Instagram and all this other stuff are great ways. Um, you know, you can pay $25 and have a, a good little ad campaign for seven days on, on Facebook. You know, that wasn't the case, you know, a few years ago. And granted, you might only gain maybe 300 you know, or 200 views off of that, you know, $25 campaign. But it's 25 or it's, I mean, it's 200 or 300 views that you might not have gotten before. Um, there's a lot of different things that can happen because of those little ad campaigns. And then on top of that, another great thing about today is, like you said before, people like me. Um, and I'm not, I'm not like anything huge, but at the same time, there's a lot of people like me out there that are willing to talk to independent bands and stuff like that. And before, you know, 15, 20 years ago, before the advent of, you know, the way podcasting is now, or even internet radio, if you weren't talking to your local radio station, there was nobody to talk to. And now there, it's all it's all changed. It's all different. Um, it's it's about being creative and getting your name out there in ways that you didn't have the opportunity before. If you know what you're doing in any which way, shape, or form, try that first. Right. Yeah. My marketing motto is do everything until you find something that works. You know, you you can't you can't fail. You know, if you're trying to market yourself. There's worse ways to do it. Again, try things that fail. Like you said, Facebook ads, 
That's a great resource. Well, no, you can definitely fail. Um, and the, the main way of failing is not trying. Exactly. You know, if you don't try, that is the biggest failure of all. But if you tried and you failed, then try a different way. The, the trying and failing is the best way to fucking learn. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hear all the time. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to fail, so I'm not even going to bother. I don't want to try it because it's it's just too hard, or whatever the case might be. Well, if you don't want to try because you're going to fail, then you've already failed in itself. You know, and then people will be like, "Well, you know, if I didn't try and I failed, at least I failed on my own, and it wasn't the cause of somebody else." Well, no. Regardless of whether you you succeed or fail, it's going to be your own doing. You know, nobody else is going to help you succeed um, without some type of you know you know, reward for themselves. So if you, the more you, you, you fail, the more you succeed in reality. Um, even if that, you know, that success is leading to hate. If people are talking about you, you're on people's mind. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. If, if you're on people's mind, then you're doing something right. Regardless of whether or not it's, it causes hate, you're on people's mind and that's what matters. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> it, it's, you know, mu music's emotion. I mean, let's face it. And if if, you're, if hate is the emotion you're generating, hey, you're still doing your job because it's still it's still an emotion. So. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, you know, I like to use. Um, I'm a big wrestling guy as well. Um, I've been a fan of wrestling since I was a, a fan of music. Um, because they've always gone hand in hand for me. Um. And I like to use the whole, you know, wrestling motto, you know, if you're getting booze, you're getting a reaction. You know, it, when that person goes out there, you know, to quote unquote generate heat is what they call in the wrestling business. If you're generating that heat, you're, you're doing your job. But it's when they don't do anything is when you have a problem. So as long as whatever you're doing, whether you're intentionally trying to gain hate, uh, heat or hate, or whether you're trying to intentionally draw, you know, draw those cheers or, you know, whatever, if they're reacting, you're doing your job, period. Um, even if it's an unintentional boo, you got a reaction from them. And that's what matters. If they just walk away and don't say anything, then, you know, it's, you're not doing anything right. But at the same time, more than likely you're going to get some type of reaction. So you're getting, you're getting the job done. I, I got a Chai Cook story. Um, you want to talk about the TV and we'll get into that. But yeah, we, we did a TV show for years. And my favorite thing of all was be when somebody would take the time to write in to complain about the TV show. And there's 10 million TV shows out there. They could have just changed the channel. But no, they, they took the time to complain. And over half the complaints were about my hair, which just made me so... Come on, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna take the time to write and complain about my hair, you know, whatever. <laughs> but there there's a reaction for you. Um, a year ago yesterday, so exactly one year ago. Um, even like through today, so for the last year, um, I've been getting this. So exactly one year ago yesterday, on February eighth. I released a podcast episode before I was, you know, um, focusing strictly on music, um, on an episode with a dude, um, by the name of David Weiss, who is a flat earth person. And he goes around the country. He goes on podcasts. He's been on Rogan. He's been everywhere, um, spouting off his flat earth theories and how, you know, this and that. He's also a huge conspiracy theorist and whatever else. I saw how big his reach was. And I was like, he reached out to me. And he was like, hey, I want to come on your show. I'm like, okay, cool. I saw how big his reach was. I'm like, this is a no-lose situation for me. If I walk away with hate, I walk away with hate. If I walk away with laughter and fun, I walk away with laughter. Regardless of the situation, I knew it was a no-lose situation for me. So I went in genuinely curious about his ideas and his thoughts and beliefs, but it quickly turned into just him being a dick 
and not letting me get a word in edgewise on my show. He kept interrupting me on my show. Um, and eventually I flipped the script of like trying to be nice to this guy and trying to really learn from this guy and understand where he's coming from and just being genuine to him to just being a dick back. And that's when kind of things took a turn for the worse because let me just tell you, the amount of people that came onto my YouTube channel, came onto my Instagram, came onto my Facebook, uh, emailed me just to write hate was some of the most redonkulous things I have ever seen in my life. A lot of them, even though what you're seeing like right now, you know, from my mid chest up is all they can see. Any 99% of the time, that's all anyone can see. All they kept saying was, I was a fat lard. <laughs> it's like, you can't see whether or not I'm fat, number one. Number two, you might be right, but still, whatever. You know, it doesn't really matter to me. Is that the best you could do? Or the fact that, you know, I'm an idiot or I'm a fucking moron because I don't believe in flat earth. That doesn't insult me, you idiots. <laughs> You're calling me a dumbass because I don't believe in this guy? You think that hurts me? But, like, it's in today's day and age, what the people don't understand, and, you know, 15, 20 years ago, when your people were writing in letters, it didn't really have that much of an effect. But today, if they go onto your YouTube channel just to write a comment, negative or positive, it helps you. If they go onto your Facebook page and send you a message and you respond, it helps you. It's this lovely thing called algorithm. <laughs> and the more people come to your page just to click on something on that page, it helps the algorithm, regardless of whether it's negative or hate. Um, and I think that's fucking hilarious because even still today, I get tons of messages from these assholes because that video you know went a little bit of viral last year um and it was just absolutely fun for me because like i looked at it yesterday i was like this is this has brought me you know tons of heat in ways that i knew that was going to happen and every time the messages came in like as soon as i uploaded that video to, to youtube as soon as i uploaded it to the the podcast like within an like 20 minutes it just started flooding, and I was ecstatic because of how fucking hilarious it was. Um, and the negativity is real, but you've got to learn how to take that negativity with a grain of salt, number one. And then number two, remember what I said earlier. If they're talking about you, you're getting a reaction, and that's what you want, period. So, with that being said... I want to talk about this TV thing that you did for 15 years. What exactly was it to begin with? Because I am unaware of this. Right. Um, it was a TV show called Nature Adventures, where Terry, who's it was in blonde, she's the blonde of blonde viper, and I, we we did kind of a Steve Irwin type, Jack Hanna type show. We went all over North North America and we filmed wildlife and nature. And uh, the twist on the show was. Uh, um, we, we, we were kind of goofy. We, we had a lot of fun with a lot of, a lot of humor in the show. So, and, and, and ironically, we'd get a lot of hate mail about, you know, you can't do a wildlife show and be funny at the same time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we can, we just did, but yeah. So that, that's what that was. I was in bands for years, um, kind of fell out of that and fell into this TV thing just for fun. It kind of snowballed. And that's, um, <laughs> at one point we were on three national networks. So, um, but like I said, uh, we got I got tired of the the, the politics of television and uh, totally went back into music, and and of course COVID didn't help because you know when that first hit, you know everybody was hiding under their bed, and uh, we couldn't we couldn't go film anything. So, um, you know I took that chance to uh, to get back into music, um, found great musicians to to work with me. Eldon Fisher, he's he's a rock god in in the Midwest, uh, has been for many years. Um, he agreed to, to work with me and he co-wrote most of the songs with me and then we got Rich Dahl on drums and uh, it, it's turned into what it was. It was just something fun to start out with, but then we got more serious because we thought we had something here. So, um, you know, I'm using the same kind of things. I got the TV show going, I'm kind of using those methods to uh, to get the band, get the band's music out there. So, 
How did you fall into a TV show? <laughs> well, uh, I went to a pawn shop. I was going to buy a guitar, which I did. It was a, a, a Paul Stanley replica Ibanez guitar. Really cool. So I had to buy that. And next to it at this pawn shop was this really crappy video camera that you had to actually plug into a, a, a VCR recorder. Um, so I thought, and I bought that too. And with that, you know, buddy of mine, we're just starting to make these, we're, we're basically making YouTube videos before there was YouTube. And uh, I, I actually, uh, producer or, or a station manager at one of the local stations happened to see one. He wanted us to turn it into a, a late night series, which we did. So we had this like this sketch comedy show on in Sioux Falls for many years. And uh, Terry, like I said, our blonde viper, she, she came on that show. I always wanted to do a nature show. And I thought, well, it'd be different if I had this blonde going along with me, asking me all these dumb questions and I'd be the expert in answering. So we made one of those and uh, the PBS station picked that up and wanted to make a series out of it. So we made a series of this nature show and from the nature show, like I said, I got picked up by some national networks and, and there you go. In a nutshell, that's, that's how we fell into TV. That's pretty fucking funny. I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, and then it all came crashing down, crashing, haha, -ha! um, with the end, with the beginning of COVID. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We had, we actually had a really big deal worked out that we were going to do a different series. Uh, supposedly the money was there. Um, lawyers were involved and you know, it all died then. <laughs> so, um, is that when, and then you obviously went back to music and created Blonde Viper. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had an old, old desktop computer that I get this message when I turned it because there's stuff on there, you know, you don't ever throw them away. It's looking for something on there. And, uh, and I found a song I recorded like 11 years ago, kind of started. And I thought, well, I'm sitting here in trapped in my house with nothing to do, you know, for something to do during COVID. I, I decided to try to finish it. And, and that, that's, that, that got me back into doing the music and that song's actually on the album. So that's awesome. Such a good story. I love hearing stories like that. Um, and especially, you know, today's day and age again, um, while music still is a young man's game, there's so many other bands that I've talked to that are, you know, older, uh, mature, and, you know, getting back into it for the first time in 10 or 15 years just because they want to. And I love hearing that story because I've heard it countless times this year and last year too. Um, and it's absolutely just exhilarating because there's so many men and women at home who are like, Oh, you know, I used to play in bands in high school, or I used to do this, or I used to do that, um, and are now, like, because of the pandemic, doing that stuff again, and regardless of, like, well, I don't care if I'm, you know, super old or, you know, whatever, I'm going to do this because it makes me happy, and I haven't done it in a long-ass time, and it, I missed it, so now I'm going to do it again, and that is such a... Um, such a motivational tool for so many, so it's like, good on you, brother. Yeah, and, and, and because of exactly what you said, I think that's kind of what's bringing the classic hard rock genre back a bit. Because, uh, like you said, everybody used to be in it in the 80s. You know, everybody listened to it, everybody loved it. And for whatever their reason is, they got out of it. But now I think they're kind of finding, hey, that, that, that's damn good music. Let's, let's either listen to it again or, or create it. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I could not have said it better myself, man. Um, dude, you are an awesome human being. I love the story. I love the conversation. Um, I, it was awesome. The music is fucking phenomenal. It brings me back to my youth. Um, it's, you know, just making me remind me of, you know, late eighties, you know, when I first started having real memories, um, of, you know, stuff that I used to listen to and just everything else like that. And it's just, it's what we need to have right now because the more styles of rock and metal that we have existing, the better off this genre is going to be, and I could not be more appreciative, so thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, just to let you know, the last song you're going to listen to is one of, uh, we do a few ballads, so uh, it's not all headbanging, even though the headbanging's fun. So. Exactly. Hey, you know what? It wouldn't be 80s metal or classic metal without the ballad, so hey, you know. Exactly. exactly. Dude, Todd, thank you so much um, 
for coming on and uh, helping me preview this album that releases on Friday. And uh, good luck to you, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. You take care now, and we'll talk again. All right, thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right, and that was, again, Todd from the band Blonde Viper out of South Dakota. Uh, hope you all enjoyed that. I did not know that about Todd, about the, the nature show and stuff like that. Go look that up. Um, take a look, at, watch that and, you know, whatever else and see if it's any, if it's up your alley and, you know, binge watch that shit. Um, but regardless, um, if you liked the music that you've heard tonight and the song you're about to hear, make sure you go pick this album up. It's available Friday. Pre-orders are available now at their Bandcamp site. Um, just put in Blonde Viper with, you know, Bandcamp and then be able to pre-order it there. Um, it's blonde without the E, so just B-O-L-N-D. Um, go check that out. <sighs> what a great Wednesday. What a great way to be the middle of the week. Tomorrow we'll be back again with the band, oh my, the Ravagers, the band Ravagers tomorrow. And we're going to wrap up the week with a band that I would talked about a few weeks back, um, Below 7. We're going to talk to them on Friday, so be around for that as well. Woo! Good old Southern Rock on that one. And then we're going to kick off the week next week with the band Set for Tomorrow, who just have a new single out as well. So lots of good stuff coming and even bigger stuff coming too. So definitely check a look, check out for that. But guys, that wraps it up for a Wednesday edition of the Dark Side of Music. Hope you all enjoyed it. We're going to go ahead and close out with, like I said, one more song by the band Blonde Viper off their album Crash, which releases again this coming Friday, February 11th. Um, again, pre-orders now um, on their Bandcamp. Um, if it's you listen to this after February 11th, it's available everywhere. So definitely go check it out. Um, but this song is called Dreams. So, guys, stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay heavy. Actually, hold on. I forgot to do all the other crap. If you missed any of tonight's episode, please go and check it out. Everywhere podcasts are found. It'll be available tomorrow. Um, so definitely check a, check that out. Also, if you missed any of my other episodes, you can always check it out at theblackrosemedia.com. That's also where you can get all the links for Blonde Viper and all the other bands that I've talked to on the show. That's theblackrosemedia.com. Again, guys, here is Dreams by the band Blonde Viper. Stay happy. Stay heavy. Stay fucking heavy. Excuse me. I can't talk tonight. Try it again. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay fucking heavy. We'll talk to you guys later. Here is Dreams by the band Blonde Viper. Mm -hmm.